What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Uh, podcast time. Um, this week on the podcast is DJ, producer, record label owner, football club owner, uh, music academy owner, publishing owner, management company owner. This man does everything. Um, and I really, really respect him. I am talking about uh, Mark Knight. Uh, most commonly known DJ producer and owner of Tool Room Records. I love this conversation. I've looked up to Mark for a, a long time over the years. I've always followed what he's done and really enjoyed how he's kind of curated his own path in the industry. Um, and I think it's really important for people to kind of hear this on how he's done it and also his his attitude on where he sits in the industry is really interesting, but also kind of a breath of fresh air compared to a, a lot. So I'm going to stop rambling on. Um, without further ado, Mark Knight. Mr. Mark Knight, what's cooking, man? I'm good, Will. How are you? Yeah, really good, really good. Um, it's 9am here and I had a mental weekend. So I actually got some sleep last night for once in a long time. But um, how's, how's your nice. Monday going? It's good. Um, it's been busy, but it's been balanced. I mean, I think that's the the uh, the lesson to be learned from you know coming back post COVID is to kind of correct all the things that we were getting wrong in the first place. Um, have a break. Go, well, I'm not going to come back and do it that way because that wasn't right. So, yeah, it's been really you know it's been as busy as I want it to be. Um, mm. So yeah, it's been good. A nice balance of my you know work family me time you know and all of the above so yeah it's been good how have you done that um by just planning just going well look and realizing i think when you get to a point in your career you realize the most precious commodity you have is time yeah you know for all the money in the world if you've got no time it, it means nothing you yeah. know and i think as long as you, you get to a point in life where you're comfortable with all the things you have mm. um and you think well look i you know, I don't need any, I don't need any more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This is enough to live a very comfortable uh, life um, and have time. And I think that's the ultimate goal here. You know, I think in life is, is to strike that balance between the two. And um, Obviously, I have a nine, very, very much a nine to five job in the week as well. So, yeah. I, you know, it's two business. It doesn't really rely on touring. I've kind of got the business. Uh, to a point where DJing is a bonus now. Yeah, um, amazing. And my main income is through the through the label uh, and all the other associated businesses we have. So, I've always run pretty hard for the last twenty years to to do that because I always wanted that as a, as an option and, and as an exit strategy as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, I kind of used COVID. Like, right, well, look, this is where I'm at in life now. My biggest priority is my family and my son and being around for him. Yeah. Um, and let's make DJ and work for me and do the things I like and I love and I know are going to be good mm. and just enough money to, to do all the things I want to do in life, but not to the point where I miss out in life. Yeah, I think that's a balance that takes a long time for people to realise and to work it out. Does. Right? It does. It does. And I think what, you know, pre-COVID, we were so caught on this hamster wheel. Mm. That even if you realised it, how do you get off and actually activate that as a, as a concept to, uh, to say, right, okay, I'm going to come out of this ridiculous 
um, process we're in this hamster wheel of like, I must do a thousand gigs a month to be relevant. Yeah. To go, I won't <laughs> still be relevant if I do good gigs and I make good music and I do all the right things. Yeah. Um, and I'll have a life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, as I said, I think the older you get, the more you realize that that's the that's the ultimate win when people say you made it in life i think you really make it in life when you strike that balance i think making it in life isn't necessarily a reflection of your bank balance it's it's your time against money yeah i think i think it's something that people realize as they start to earn more money as well right i think like being able to being lucky enough to earn money doing what we love kind of allows us to then realize like money isn't the be all and end all of of life however no, i feel like it takes a process to get to that point um yeah for sure which... well, don't get me wrong listen I was, I was the most driven person in the world to get when i got to a point i think i, I guess it's easy for me to say when i think no I, I look back and think well look realistically i've probably taken what i do as far as i can you know what i mean because i where i sit within the, the kind of field of artists and our scene I think, I think my water bowl just fucking flew like, something across. <laughs> I think I've probably taken it as far as I can. I'm realistic about, you know, what I can and can't do and, um, and what's achievable with maintaining the integrity I, I, I want to maintain in my career. And I think I've kind of got to the pinnacle of what that is. Um, so I guess you need to get there first. If you're a driven person, you yeah. need to get to that point to go, Okay, well, this is it. This is, you know, this is as good as far as it probably goes. Um, and then you think, well, okay, what's what are all the things I missed out on in the last twenty years? And mm. when you have children as well, that becomes, you know, a huge part of it. Um, you know, for all the money in the world, you can't buy those football matches back. You can't miss those sports days. And you totally, you know, there is no, there is no amount of money that will buy those back. So, um, how, yeah, do, how think... do you get to that? Sorry to butt in, but how do you get to that no, point? Because you're the, you're the first person I've ever spoken to in this industry not in life but in this industry where they are like i don't think i can go any further than where i am at and i don't necessarily want to go any further and i feel like i've achieved everything that i wanted to achieve in in my career like that's a pretty liberating say thing to say because i think it's very common in this industry to be like oh, i want more and more and more and i want to do this and i want to achieve that and once i've achieved this i want to achieve that and so on so on like, I I want to get into that because that's an amazing thing that you've just said. Realistically, oh, I, I, I'm I'm a realist, you know. I, I I'm not. I don't have delusions of grandeur. I never have. I I like to think I'm a grounded person. You know, I think that's that matters more to me than anything. That I am the same person I was before I got into this as I am now. Yeah. Um, and I I think I just honestly think being objective and looking in at my own career you know where i sit and the kind of music i make um it isn't mega commercial it isn't mega underground it sits somewhere in the middle and i think that mm. there are limited opportunities in that space because i've seen tends to be very polarized and success yeah. comes at either end and i think where where i sit somewhat in the middle i think i've probably taken it as far as i can just being just being a realist you know yeah. the challenge is to maintain that 
there comes a new challenge and that is to maintain that level of success mm. uh, without losing integrity because yeah. that, that's the key word for me you know uh, again all the money in the world you can't buy back a legacy yeah you can't you and that's really really important that means as much to me as anything you know what am i going to leave behind what what statement i am i going to make and there's been numerous opportunities throughout my career to really sell out and do things and i just think Nah, man, I never got in it to do yeah. that. You know, I, I don't profess to be the most underground act in the world, but I don't want to sell my soul for money. I just, mm. just don't. You know, if I wanted to do that, I'd go and work at a bank or some shit like that. But um, yeah, I just, I think I just a realist and think, look, you know, it, this this is probably about as, as good as it gets, and let's enjoy it. Let, yeah. Let's stop chasing. So let's just let's, let's take stock of the moment and enjoy it. And I've really started to readdress that. I mean, case in point, I like. Pre-COVID, I think I've been to Croatia, I shit you not, 40 times. And I've never stayed there more than one night. I'm like, bro, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that's yeah. stupid, Mark. It's one of the most beautiful countries in the world. Yeah. The next gig you get there, stay. And I did, and I spent three or four days. And I was like, mm. this is just... And I knew it would be amazing because I've been there so many times. You build up this little picture. But, you know, these are the things that I'm, I'm going to make it work for me now. And I get these opportunities. And I go, okay, what more can this be than just a show? Can I take the family can i what else can i do there can i go mm. and see all the things and make that this country or this opportunity it gives me so um i guess that just comes with a little bit of experience as well but um as i said i'd like to i think i'm a realist as much as anything no i respect that a lot and i think i think more people in this industry should really talk about that because i think it's very easy to be non-stop and talk about how busy you are and be like that and realistically it's like well actually just enjoy what you're doing because it's what we've always How happy are you? Don't yeah. worry about how Does that equal happy? Mm. Look at, you know, does busy equal happy? Uh, and are you fulfilling all the things in life? You know, are you all the person you are? Are you all the person you were pre going into the music industry and getting yeah. games? Are you still that person? And I, 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 I look, I'll rewind back of you. And I wasn't. I was like, hang on mm. a minute. I, I, pre music, I was doing paid football you know, like semi-pro, I was doing all these things. I was, yeah. I, was, I was really, really doing lots of other things. And now I'm like this narrow as a mm. person. Yeah. I'm like, fuck that. You know, I want to be Mark Knight that's this wide, you know, mm. not just good at doing music and DJ. And that's just one of the, that, and I, I've kind of really got everything in order now. And I do all the things in life that in the right amount. I mean, probably even less DJ next year. Yeah. I, you know, I really want to get to the point where I just do one weekend a month. That, mm. that suits me. That suits me. I'm happy with the amount of money that generates. I'm happy with the time that that generates. Yeah. Um, and the opportunities. I think that for me is, is the mecca. I'm nearly there now. I would, have, I would have probably been there just before COVID, but COVID come back. So I'm about to do a bit more than, not more than I wanted. Yeah, I guess that's true. More than I wanted to do, yeah. you know, more than I, I, I plan to do. Um, but it's been a nice balance this summer, and and, and that's that's the uh, that's the continuing story. That's, that's where I'm going to be. I like that a lot. Do you enjoy DJing still? Love it. Yeah, of course I do. I absolutely yeah. love it. I, I love it. I love it to bits. Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, but I love loads of things, you know. Yeah. And I think that's what we mustn't lose sight of. You know, we we get so many cases of mental health in our uh, in our industry but we don't address the most basics you know we can become so hell-bent on just being this narrow well yeah. that's going to cause you loads of problems isn't it because you're you're putting all your putting everything stacking everything there well why don't you stack it all across here do you know what i mean and go and, and then you enjoy it more do you know what i mean you really do and uh, and you know djing less 
you know, it's meant I've enjoyed it more because I'm mm. not like, oh, God, I've got to go there on Friday. <laughs> I'm like, I'm up for it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Milan Friday, let's do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, balance is, is the key. No, I like that. Um, I want to talk about what you kind of spoke on a little bit briefly is about setting up the business. So that kind of is your main income. Yep. Um, touring records, obviously, if people don't know what your record label is, which I'm sure they do. Um, but I like how I was thinking about this earlier and I love how touring it started in 2003 or 2004, yes. 2003. Um, it's a long time. 20 years next year. That's wild. I remember when it started. Yeah. yeah. Oh, me too. Like yesterday. That's I mean, that, again, that's another thing. It's just like that. Was, I remember it like yesterday. And yeah. that's, that's, that, that's, you know, that's just reaffirms how precious time is because it goes in a heartbeat. It flies by. I remember the first, like, well, not the first, but in the, like the second, third year, I remember the, the promos, the CD promos on Ibiza. In Ibiza. <laughs> Printing them up and sending them exactly. out. Um, that's been a journey like a really long journey, but also a very quick journey, as you said. And you guys have achieved probably from an outsider's point of view what I feel every record label would want to achieve. You've kind of I turned think... a record label from the beginning to one of the biggest record labels in the industry and up with the majors in to a certain extent with being an indie. What's that process like? I think the most important thing is to know who you are. Yeah. I mean, the biggest accolade you can get in, in music is to say you have a sound. Um, to give you an example, you know, to the lay person, let's say you put the radio and you heard a record come and you go, oh, that sounds really Motown. Mm. Now, you don't know why it sounds really Motown, but through consistency of output and knowing what they are and what they stand for, they created a sound. Yeah. And that's what we've always tried to do at Tour Room is to have a sound. And people write records, oh, I've written this record, it sounds very Tour Room. Yeah. Now, that's that's the biggest accolade. That's the thing I can walk away and say, we created a sound. Mm. That's what we, we had a sound that's synonymous. And that's what affords us the opportunity to do the academy because people, we don't teach music in, in, in a general way because you can go on YouTube and learn how to make music in, you know, through a series of videos. But we teach the sound of making Tour Room, the, the sound of Tour Room. So mm. it's a very nuanced, specific thing. And I think we've always tried to, well, we've always stayed true to that. Like I said before, integrity is, is, is a key word here. Um, not only for myself, but I extend that through the label, maintaining a sound. You know, it's got a fairly wide parameter, yeah. um, but we stick, you know, and, and it, it does afford, afford us the opportunity to to navigate through um, the moment, being in the moment and sounding relevant, but yet maintaining a consistency of what we're about, you know, not jumping on a bandwagon, oh, minimal minimal deep text the thing now let's do that yeah, yeah and then next week is electro and next week is techno we, we're not about that we look we are who we are and we, we stick to what we are we're going to be the best at what we do yeah and if our moment isn't right now but well, we'll it's all right we'll, you know we've been here for 20 years we'll play we, we understand it's a long game yeah um, and all of a sudden it'll come back around and then we'll be right back at the front of the queue because we've maintained what we're about so how we've got here is through consistency of knowing what we are yeah I think that was when you guys first started. I think, honestly, that was the key what happened with Tour Room is that you were super consistent 
and it was one sound and you yeah. knew what you were going to get. And I, I, obviously over the years you have to evolve and you have to kind of broaden the parameters to, to where you were at the beginning um, just to reach more people. But I think that's that was the, the, the key and the branding was always on point. Well, thank you. Compared yeah, to like I mean, most record labels, you always knew it was a tall room record from the branding and from the sound. Yeah, and that's what we try to maintain. You know, look, we've made mistakes in the past and sometimes your success creates a problem. You know, you end up becoming so big. Mm. Um, you know, we've still got 25 staff here now yeah. uh, and that's a lot of mouths to feed every month. Um, and that dictates a degree of success. Yeah. Um, so it's always about find, you know, finding the balance of making, putting out records that have commercial success mm. in terms of making money, but maintain what we're about and upholding our integrity. And that's always a fine line. And sometimes we get it wrong. We deviate a bit too far and we, we know, and in COVID, for example, we had to really migrate to the kind of more commercial end of what we're about because the only kind of medium we have was the radio. So we had to, you know, fortunately we were lucky that we could go, okay, well we can still, you know, be this town and it's still saying be related to what we're about as a brand. Um, and we did, and, we, and weirdly enough, we're the best year we ever had in COVID. <laughs> uh, I guess because you know the whole, all the bandwidth wasn't taken up on with events and yeah. other things. People were focused on music, and we had good music, and it was well received. Um, but now we're back to clubs. We're like, look, we really want to get back to the DNA of what we're about, mm. and that's and our club brand. Our our initial motto, our, our strap line was. Um, we wanted to put out records that would get out of jail cards. You know, yeah. when you were playing a gig, oh God, this is not going the way I want it to go. You'd put one on and you'd turn the gig back round again. That was, you know, that's what we always strove for. And, um, you know, we are slowly moving back to that. You know, we, we're a fairly big oil tanker now, so it takes a little while to turn the ship around. But, you know, we, we really want to get back into that name, what we've always been about. And um, if it means a financial hit, so what you know as i say our integrity and our legacy means more than the balance sheet Mm. as long as everyone's paid and we look after people here and we all you know come the end of the year whatever the profits are we split it between the staff you know i'd rather do that than give it to patent corporation tax so we act on that kind of john lewis model of like it's a family thing here we have a strap line to one family and that's that's not just a a slogan or a marketing statement that it it really is a family and it was always built on a family foundation it's you know Mm. initially my dad my brother myself set the label up and we've always had those values as a company so um yeah, you know that's where that's where we're about, and that's where we're at. With your dad being at the at, at the beginning, was there like a family music kind of line, or was it just? Yeah, I mean, side? still he now. I mean, he's mad. My dad's seventy nine now, and he still he comes in the office really? two or three times. Oh, a lot of times, just to get away from my mum. To be fair, <laughs> um, just uh, nagging at him. But um, yeah, look, he's he really adds a, an interesting dynamic to the business. He always has done. I mean. He uh, was a musician back in the day. He was a drummer. He was in a band and they toured. They were pretty successful. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was never going to support uh, a livelihood full time. So he ended up becoming a bit of an agent and doing mm. bits and bats. Then he went off into marketing and, and a whole di- a different career in business. But he, he kind of understood both facets, you know, how to run a business. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that built a very successful business himself. Um he knew how to, to run a business, but knew enough about the music industry 
for the two things to, you know, to, to, to understand both facets of it. So he brings a very interesting dynamic to the business in terms of um, he tends to work on the business and he looks at things because we're so caught up in the detail and we're so close yeah. to things. Sometimes when you're running a business, it's very hard to objectively look at um, strategy and yeah. where you're at because you're so caught up in, right, we need a radio edit for this and those hats are too loud and can you go back, you know, <laughs> who's stuff. on the line up? Yeah. You're so close to the detail that you forget to go, okay, well, what's the three-year plan? What's the five-year plan? Mm. And he's very good at reminding us that and saying, look, this is going on over here. Have you seen this? and this is an opportunity here we should be looking at so it's really good i mean it's it's you know it's it's the stuff of dreams really isn't it to to, to work with your family and do something you love so yeah i'm very blessed to, to be in that position no, i love that at one point what point did you have to be like okay this is too big we need staff and to to make tour room what it is today you have to expand there's no there's no physical way you you your brother and your dad could do that by yourself right you have to employ people so what point is are you in your career where you're like fuck we need we're this is getting somewhere and we need to expand well it wasn't long before we we've always invested in the business always for the first three or four years everything i earn um i put in the business so you know, whatever I went to the weekend DJ, we put back in the business and then we just all took out as a salary. Yeah. So we split it three ways or four ways. And we, within about eight, six months, we took on Owen um, and we've always invested back in the business, back in the mm. business. Um, I mean, for the first 13 years, we didn't make a penny. Yeah make any money everything we have is reinvested back in the business more staff more expansion more growth um because we had a vision of what we wanted the business to be and, and the scale of what it, it needed to be and we knew that that wasn't possible um to to do ourselves and i think what we realized and we did at a very early stage was understand whose roles and responsibility you know who, who had what roles and responsibilities you know my brother he always ran the business side of it um, and I was always the creative, you know, he, yeah. he, he at no point never wanted to come in and, you know, start writing drum grooves and I never wanted to do double taxation for fortune. <laughs> so we both, you know, knew our place and what we were good at. So, um, and we played to our strengths and we always, you know, I always, I, I always use, um, football as analogies all the time. So bear with me. There may be a few of these, but Go for um, you know, we always we was always about building the right team. You know, getting the right eleven players on the pitch. We, we didn't need eleven centre forwards. We didn't need eleven left backs. You know, it's okay. Mm. We want to grow the business. We need a product manager. We need a, a marketing director. We need sales director. You know, yeah. and we and we got people in to do that, to, so that we brought the right people in to do the right jobs. Mm. And we always um, believed in what we were trying to do as a brand and invested back into that. Yeah. I think how important is that though? Like for a business? Cause I think there's so many people in the music industry that there's, it's so hard to, to kind of get the business and the, the creative to work as together. Like, and that's what you need to invest in people. Yeah. People will give, you know, individually you can be good, but as a team, you can be unstoppable. Yeah. And it's about having the right energy and directive to formulate that team and faith in what you're trying to achieve. And that mm. means risk. And that means backing, like I say, for 13 years, I mean, I never took a penny out of this business. We never had any, there was no money to take out of it. Yeah. Now I don't need to DJ. 
you know, 20 years later, it, that's, that's how we, that's where we've got to with it. So it, you have to have a belief in what you're trying to do and reinvest in that and bring people in because otherwise you end up um, foregoing the part that you're, you know, or, or what's the word? Um, not really fulfilling, yeah, not fulfilling your part of the bargain because, you know, you're too busy doing other things where I'm, I'm good at the creative, I'm good at the, the strategy and direction of where we want to be. But yet, I don't want to run around working out the, paying the office bills and the rates and all. We've got people, right people doing the right things, yeah. you know, or I don't want to be setting up you know, the live room or all these other, or the public, you know, sending out publishing statements. We've got people to do the right things that, and everyone plays to their strength. And if you do that, as I say, if you build the right team, then, you know, you really can be unstoppable. And that's what we've tried to try to do is, is to build that and that, all credit to everyone here. This is, you know, this is not about I, it's always we here. And, and it really is a collaborative team effort. And we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are without the amazing people that work here. Yeah. Um, and people, I, I can't, you know, tell you how highly I think of everyone here. If it's, if it's three o'clock in the morning, I said, right, guys, I need to run off this report. They'd be up, they'd be in the office and it'd be done. Oh. You know, they, they live and breathe it. And I, you can't buy that kind no. of... You, that kind of passion and that so we're very fortunate to be surrounded by some incredible people that work here that make us the success that we are but i think that comes from the top down i don't think you go into a company as an employee with that mentality i think that comes from the employers and from the team at the top and it kind of gets gets flown down to the people right that are new coming into the team so yeah. it, that's that's all credit to you guys at the end of the day. Well, look, I'm the captain, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I've always got to put a captain's performance in. Yeah. You know, if I'm in Sao Paulo on Saturday night, the first thing I do, I'm back in the office on nine o'clock Monday morning. No, the, the, that's it. Yeah. And I'm the first one to put the kettle on. Always show, don't tell. And that's yeah. always been like show bikes, like lead bikes. I can be in Sao Paulo Saturday night planning a gig, but I'm also the first person in the office on Monday morning, first person to put the kettle on. Does anyone want a cup of tea? Lead by example. If you set that tone of energy, desire, then people will follow. They'll go, okay, that's the level of expectation. That's where I need to be. Yeah. And thankfully, we recruited some great people. And, and I have to always lead from the front. It's my job to do it. I'm the captain of the side, and I've got to play a captain's role. And I, I love that. And it's, again, that's another great challenge in my life is to, to always lead by example. And, mm. and I, I try to do that. I love that. I like that a lot. Do you enjoy... Do you enjoy running the label? I love it. I absolutely love it. It sounds like you are like so passionate about it. And to be 20 years in of, uh, of doing something and still loving it that much, like it's really, it's pretty nice to hear if I'm honest. Uh, I couldn't think of, I wouldn't know life without it. Um, it's, it's, it's still a buzz every day, you know, when you're in the laptop. You've got all these different opportunities, things going on. You think, wow, you know, we, we really come from the shed, which we did do to the stars. Yeah. You know, it's an incredible journey and I, I, it still inspires me every day. And I, I, I love it. As I say, I, I, it'd be an enormous hole in my life. I don't know what I would do without it. Mm, I love that. Um, how, how, what other parts of the, like, I think I know a few of them. I don't know all of them, but I know Tool Room isn't just a record label. Like, yep. what other parts of the business 
are part of touring because I think what a lot of people don't realize is how much you guys do and how much you can actually do in the music industry that's not necessarily a producer or a DJ or a record label owner like you do a lot of other things that kind of side businesses or on a huge part of the businesses yeah we do and we have a company called Amplified we run a lot of record labels we run Saves we run Bode Kaluki Nothing Else Matters yeah it took a, a whole long list of labels we we are part own and run. Mm. Um, we have a publishing company. Uh, we have an events company. We obviously have the academy, which is a massive part of our business now. Yeah. Um, we've got a huge sample packs business. Um, we have just started making plugins. We did, did my first plugin, which was a which is an interesting journey. Um, uh, and we are constantly evolving, looking at new facets and ways that. Um, that we can expand the business and, and that, that are related and that, that tell the story of what we're about. So, mm. yeah, we're far from just a record label putting out, you know, 52 releases a year. We are, we are multifaceted in that, in, in that respect. Um, and we, we've also got other in, owned in-house labels. We run a label called Zero Three, Love Another. Um, oh God, there's a million things we do. <laughs> yeah a lot a lot going on is is that the case is that the case of you guys having to have lots of other businesses to make to pay the bills and or is that a case of you you waking up one morning going i want to start an academy how do we make this pay the bills uh, yes, it's more that it, it, it's seeing an opportunity. So there's a hole in the market. There's a gap in the market to do something. Now yeah. we have the skills there to pull that off. Let's do it. Yeah. Right, let's do it. We're doing it. It's a thing. Um, and we constantly evaluate opportunities and we move things around and uh, and and try to grow things. I think um, you know to to earn the money we want to earn. I think we do need to be multifaceted. And like I say, we have the skill set to be able to do that. And if mm. we do, well, why not exploit it? Mm. Tour Room Academy. Yes. I've seen that loads. I've seen it grown over over COVID especially, which I think it must have been a, a good time for, for the business to grow. It was, um, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit, the process of setting that up and why and how you set it up. Well, I, I think we just realised that, you know, we were getting – a lot of feedback initially from producers when we, like initially the the, the the i suppose the we always had inspiration to do something like that, but i suppose the catalyst was we would get whenever we put out more kind of um i guess music related techie type posts on our socials we get an enormous amount of it interaction really and this kind of community that was building around that and we thought, well, look, we've already got this warmed up. Um, and we knew we had a sound. And we were like, where we want to be different to this, you know, because you can come, there are very, loads of brilliant companies teaching music, point mm, blank, yeah. so on and so forth. But, but we, like where we wanted to be different is that we wanted to teach the sound of Tour Room, like mm. how you produce the records that we put out for years and years and years. And this isn't being taught by a another music tutor these are people who've had bona fide careers within the industry you know Mm -hmm. people like Dean Ramirez you know who's a legend in his own right who's teaching you how to make electronic music Pete Griffiths who's who was head of A&I for years and years people have been at the forefront of signing global hits and making global hits teaching you how to make music yeah that in itself was a USP and we're like well look we can deliver that um 
so much so to the point where now we've actually write our own degree course um, wow. what with water bears so that's been scaled out now and that's doing really well so yeah we're constantly evolving things and, and growing growing the academy it, 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 to the point where it's sometimes hard to just keep up with it mm. the scale of it um but you know we have a great relationship with all our artists our roster we, that means a lot to us again the tour and family everyone's involved in that and everyone that is a kind of win-win for all people get to learn how to make music from as i say people who are bona fide legends or yeah. like bona fide yeah. careers in the industry um that, that are visual they can see and they're teaching you we get to find new talent because that was the other flip side to it we you know again going back to the football model we wanted to copy what football clubs have been doing for years in terms of creating a talent pool mm. internally and um, we, we also have a management company i should have said that we have a management company we look up a lot of artists um and it dovetails nicely into that you know we find, yeah. find some new talent a guy called fletcher kerr we just found out the uh, who, who's a new talent to, who's come through the through the academy so it follows the model of what football clubs have been doing for years go okay they, now my son's at a football he's plays for crystal palace he's in that He's in the football equivalent. Well, we try to, we said, well, let's, you know, we're mad. I'm a, probably as passionate about football as I am with music. Um, and we just said, look, well, I know that industry. I'll come up through that model. I'll come through it myself. Yeah. Let's replicate it within an electronic music. And we found some brilliant talent. People like Weeks and that would come through the academy. Mm. He was just someone who signed up for a course, got very, very good. You're very good. Thank you very much. Please sign a contract with us and we'll put your music out and do your publishing. Um, you get, you know, you get straight onto the ladder of a, a top draw label. We find new talent. The whole thing rolls on. Everyone's a winner. Yeah, Ben, I because Ben Remember does quite a lot of your stuff. As well, ben, as well. again, Ben, yeah, Ben next door, my office, the other side of this wall is, is the academy. Ben, or Pe Ben's in Bristol. Uh, and he well, works Ben lives near me in the UK. Like, right. he, he recently just bought a place in tiny village, like next to the tiny village that I also live in. So that's, no way. that's how, yeah, Please. it's super random as well. Like, you don't, you, oh, you don't just move there. It's like, you've got to know it's random as fuck. Um, right but yeah he's it's amazing to see his videos come up it's he's he's he's, he's just got so he's so good at it i mean i can't tell you and pete the two of them i mean yeah. feedback we get from he's just honestly it's unbelievable um because they're so good and they care they genuinely really really care about people's music and career and helping them and um yeah, it, it, it is definitely a win for everyone. We've found some great new talent. People have gone on to have careers, and it's it's what we wanted it to be. Now, we've signed some great acts through there through the management company, released their music. It's what football clubs have been doing for years. Yeah. Was there a point in, in your career where, not as Tour Room, but as Mark Knight, the DJ producer, where it fully kicked off? Like, where you're like, okay, we're... We're, we're yeah, I'd say about 2003 to 2003, 2004, the label was starting. We just started, was getting some traction, there was some heat around that. Do, I was doing quite a lot for Defective, doing a lot of remixes for them. We did the Strings of Life thing, record then, mm. and, and yeah, lots of things. I was working with Martin at the time. We had a partnership at MK and MTV, and it was amazing times. And we, it, it was, through its sheer naivety, I think that it was successful. We were yeah. like, let's make this record today. All right. Why not? Do it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. No one's saying no. Let's just do it. And yeah. we we got and very quickly we got a sound and we just 
again, we just kept that going. We're like, this is what we are. This is what we're good at. Mm. We won't change it. We'll just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And before you knew it, I mean, God, I mean, we were so broke. We were so skint, man. Honestly, for a year, me and my team, we lived together. We lived by this Chinese. Uh, we'd go down every night and they always have duck left and rice left. And we lived on that. We've got anything left and we can have. We were that fucking skin. Um, and I was duck and rice. And they, if I let any more duck, I'd have had web feet, I think. Um, <laughs> so we survived on that. And then we just got this sound and the label started. Everyone wanted to, you know, wanted a remix. I think one year we did 25 remixes because we needed wow. everything. It was just great experience. It was great in one hand, but on the other hand, it just totally killed us because we gave everything we had for, to other people, mm. all the ideas we had. And then we got we come to the end of it. I remember that year, we go, right, we need to write a record for ourselves. And like, uh, there's nothing in the locker. <laughs> got nothing left. And, and, and we ended up kind of splitting up. Um, but that was the year, 2003, 2004, it really kind of went like that. And mm. was like, oh, hang on, this is, a, this is definitely a thing now. And how have you sustained that for so long? Because that's right. 20 years. Drive and look, two things. One, as I said before, knowing what I am, yeah. playing to my strengths, knowing what I am, being comfortable with what I am. Mm. That's the foundation of it. I'm not chasing the trend. I'm not trying to be Jamie Jones. I'm not trying to be David Getter. Okay, so let's talk about that because like, that's that that's not learned overnight. I think, or I is don't it know, for you? I, no, I just always knew what I was. I always yeah. knew be the best version of Mark Knight because yeah. that's all you can be. You know, the minute you try to be something you're not, is 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 rocky is a rocky foundation. Mm. So I've always sort of understood what I stood for, you know, and that comes from just doing things that I love and not really caring if it fitted in, going, well, this is just the best version of what I can do. Yeah. And I think somewhere out there someone will like it. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. And then you go, well, that's just me. And then people come to you. You don't have to go to them and try and chase things. I was never trying to chase anything. I mean, it's been tough because I've never really been, I was always, I've always had to sort of play second fiddle to whoever was in vogue at the moment throughout my whole career. Yeah. And it's still a thing now. And sometimes it really frustrates me, but I'm happy with where I'm at. And I just always knew what I'm about and I am very, very driven. You know, I'm very, 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 very driven. I, you know, I may not be the most talented person in the room, but I will always be the hardest worker. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. And if something needs to be done and if uh, someone works 23 hours, I work 26 and just yeah. win, Yeah, just yeah. win through sheer hard work. Um, so I think the combination of ridiculous amounts of drive, um, unrelenting energy and, and drive and just knowing what I stood for, mm added up to a 20 long career that's never really done any dips. It's always just sort of gone, gone like that slowly, slowly. It's never been this kind of, whoa, like this. It's always just been like that. And I think that, that breeds longevity. The fact that I'd maybe, I didn't, I wasn't ever the most in vogue person at, the, uh, at a given time. I was yeah. always there or thereabouts, but that meant I could just kept going. You know, I was always, you know, it, 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 in, in that kind of comfortable position where I could just keep evolving and growing my career I, I, th I also think that in where you sit in the industry where like what you said you're not trying to be super commercial and you're not trying to be super underground there's actually not many people in that pocket that's actually <laughs> the most underground place you can be yeah exactly because you're just doing what you fucking want to do 
And that, and that's what it should be. That's what underground is. Underground isn't a sound. Underground is an ideal. It's it's it's, an, it, it's it's exactly that. It's about being different. Yeah. And it's it's something for me that's it's taken me a while as an artist to get to to understand that. Um, it's only been in the last couple of years. I think twenty twenty eighteen. The end of 2018 i realized like i need to just fucking do what i love to do and not not necessarily do do music. yeah it is but i think it's very easy coming into this career and going okay who's the biggest in who's the biggest person right now and who do i like the sound of their music okay i need to then fit on that record label i need to fit on this record label to get to this this and this because it, mm. I think I, I think I'd be I think we'd be joking ourselves if, like, we know to make money in this industry you have to do gigs, yeah, to start to start with, yep. Um, yeah, for sure. And you, I could release a record label on a nobody record label on a record label that has no power behind it that that can't release records, and it just be lost in the the wilderness yeah. of, of records so it's like okay let's just use touring for example i want a career in music um tour room can make my records sound can can make my records be heard i need to write a record for tour room well see i think that that's i i think it's about just look this is a brilliant record and because it's brilliant it will find a home. Yeah. I mean, it's one approach. When you're trying to shoehorn into things, I suppose I've never really had that issue. Because this is what I was going to bring up. I, I've always liked to own the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's why I set up Touring. I have to say initially, oh, I was having all of those problems. I was writing records and giving it to record label and going, I've spent ages crafting this and you just flopped it out. I mean, you literally exactly yeah, run yeah. apart, let yeah. alone a record label. Yeah, yeah. And that was, that was the impetus to start tour room. So it was at that point I realized, look, and, and it's the same with everything I, I do in life. I always like to own the process. If mm. I own the process, it's on me. Yeah. The success of it will be determined by my endeavor, mm-hmm. you know, and that is hard work because that means you've got to, you've got to think of everything from what kit you're going to use to what is the marketing campaign. Yeah. It's an, you know, it, it's, but if you're across all of it, it's on your head, be it. Now, mm. and that record will be as successful. You don't go, well, I'm going to pass it to you. Fingers crossed. Yeah, please yeah, be yeah, it. Yeah, Fuck yeah. that. No, man. I mean, I, that, that's why I like to own it, own the whole thing. And, and you know, when I start a record, like, it maybe is calculated, but I think of it, right, well, okay, what's the whole, what's the the journey of this record? What? How is it going to... What first and foremost, what's it going to be? What mm. what kind of record do I want to make? Then how am I going to bring this to market? Who's going to play it? What? And I think about the whole process before I even switch the computer and go, does this idea, from a musical perspective to a, a sales perspective, make sense? If it does, I shall do it. If I don't, I shall not open the computer and I shall do something else today. And and I and that's the approach I take. It's that I always like to be the master of my own destiny. Now, sometimes that has limitations because, you know, you may not be the best, yeah. but at least you're in control of your own destiny. But I, I, I like that. and But I also think I'm just playing devil's advocate But I because I do the same as you. Like, I I go into the studio with 
an idea in my head of what I want to come out of it. I don't just, I I can't anymore. I can't just go into the studio and jam. That's not me, really, if I'm honest with you. I no, don't. I've never done that. Yeah. That's never been a process for me. It's just like, right, I've got an idea. I mean, I always liken this to, and the other thing obviously is like construction. If you're going to make a house, all right? go right okay i've got a set of drawings i'm going to make a bungalow today and it's got one story it's going to ruin it it's four bedrooms i'm going to make this right too many people start with a bungalow and end up with a block of flats yeah i like to go we're going to build a bungalow and we're going to finish we start the idea as a bungalow and we're going to finish as a bungalow and that's it now it might not be the best bungalow in the world but at least we've set out to achieve what we wanted to achieve we know there's a, there's a win there's a point where you go this is what we set out to do mm. um and i always approach it in that in, in that respect so that you don't go from because then you know where the win is you know you know what your idea is and maybe that idea is not the best when you've done it and you've finished you go okay it wasn't as good as I thought that idea but at least you've executed the idea mm. and, and you can actually objectively go listen back to that piece of music and go is that as good as I imagine it's been Some, a lot of times it is great brilliant brilliant to market in the way it goes but there is the occasion where you go do you know what I'm going to sit on that it's about the records I don't put out sometimes but what I don't do is like a myriad, thousands of records that just throw it around in the ether. I mean, I, I probably have got nothing on my computer that is not released. Yeah. Well, apart from one album. Apart from this left-field album, which <laughs> will be the right day when the moment is right. But apart from that, everything I've started, I've put out and finished and ex-finished. Mm. But that, that's just me. That's just the way I am. I, I, that's just the way I approach Whether it's right or wrong, that's just the way that works for me. So... I, I, I'm, I'm the most efficient I can be with my time because I do so many things. I have to approach it in that, in that respect. Well, I think that's, that's the thing as well, is it kind of going back to the beginning of the conversation of where you were talking about tour room being the nine to five and then DJing's kind of doing what you, what you love, but also people, you have family, you have friends, you have a life on top of that. And I don't know about you, but producing, Producing for me at the beginning of my career was like the be all and end all. Like I produced every single day, like Monday to Sunday, every single day I was writing records. Whether I had a full-time job at the time, I was writing records. But it's really interesting how as my career has developed, it's that's kind of taken a back foot, which is just wild to me because it shouldn't in the grand scheme of things because it's the one thing that has got me to where, I, where I've got to. Um do you like book out a studio time where I'm like in the studio yeah. and I have to write something? Yeah, I do. And, and so much so, I mean, I've got two doors down, I've got a studio there, but too much, so much so I've actually I go and work with uh, James in London because I have to divorce myself and my, my mindset of going, right, if I'm in here and I'll go and go, I'm going to go work on that today. And then every two is. I'm like, don't go in, I'm working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but what are we doing about this? <laughs> and especially if you get stuck and say, oh, hang on, I'll just do that. Go, okay, I'll get going again. Uh, yeah, uh, could we just film this? I'm like, okay, yeah. Or, or could you give me a quote? And it's like, so I have to go, right. Yeah. Not doing music today, not doing touring today. I'm going to go to the studio in town and work on it. And I'm in that headspace and I'm totally focused. And I'll only work for about six hours and then I'll stay right in the zone. I'll go in. And because you're working with someone, you're paying to work with them now I, yeah. I, because it's more efficient. Look, James is way better an engineer than I am. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just, again, who, playing who, to my strength. James, sorry? No, I work with a guy called James Hur. Okay, um, cool. Who's uh, like one of my best friends yeah. and, and a genius engineer, like the world's fastest. 
Um, to the point sometimes like, whoa, James, slow down. I can't even keep up with our own, my own idea. <laughs> um, and it, it, it's the most efficient use of my time because success begets all these other things that, that, that now and then become part of the process where you can't, you know, back in, I was the same as you, every hour, yeah. making the tune, making another tune. Well, now I, I don't have all that time because mm. it, it's, it's morphed into something else, you know, which is going from a hobby to a full-time career and all yeah. the other thing and a job and all the other things around it that, that make it a job. Um, and then, you know, when you've got staff and all these other things, it, turn, it, evol- it evolves into this huge thing. So I do literally book days out and go, James, can I come in for a day with you? Yeah. Got, I, I want to get this done. And we'll get it done in a day. If I try and do it on my own, it would take me a week because of all the interruptions and just because he's better at it than I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm a better producer than he is. He's a better engineer. Put us both together. It's magic. And why not? You yeah. know, it's like me picking up the bass and go, I'm going to try and play this. It's not gonna <laughs> don't happen. do it. Yeah, yeah. It not, so I'd, it'd be better. I could get a note out of it, but it'd be better to get a bass player for 150 quid to write a brilliant bass line. So yeah. again, it's all about recognizing, realizing what bit you're best at and, mm. and invested in yourself. You know, it's worth every penny paying James to work with me to get this movie. And then me spend a whole week. That's not uh, efficient in my time. Totally. You know, yeah. it, it just isn't at this stage of the game. And I, I that, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to me anymore. I'm way past that now. I have to be if I want to maintain all of these millions of plates that I've got spinning. Well, I think that the, the whole kind of thing of this conversation, the thing isn't the right word, but I can't think of the right word that I'm trying to think of. But like it is get the best people at what they are best at doing. Always. Always, always. Yeah. Again, going back to the building, you wouldn't get a plaster in to do the, ele- the electrical work or you wouldn't get a plumber in to put the roof on. Exactly. Get the right people to do the right job and yeah. you'll get the best. Totally. And that, that's a cost and investment. That's that, you know, you'll benefit on the amount you invest in yourself. You are a business. You are, a, you know, a, an entity and it's every business needs investment in itself. Mm. Whether you're an artist, whether you're a record label, whether you're a plumber you have to invest back in yourself and you'll see those are the people that kick on and go to the next level who people who are prepared to invest back into themselves yeah man. with the right people and the right help totally um i want to self-indulge a little bit um and i apologize for this section because you've probably spoken about this for god knows how many years but man with the red face yes um you knew that was coming um how do you feel about it now? Um, I don't feel about it. I, I, I guess I'm pretty proud of it. You know, I, I still play it a lot. I mean, mm. I, I think I'd probably be stoned to death if I didn't play it every set. I mean, you know, the, 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 uh, people, like, <laughs> like, yes, I'm going to play it. Don't worry, but I'm not going to play it like the third record I play. You're going to yeah. have to wait for it. You know, um, so yeah, it's just, you know, one of these yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I tend not to overthink shit. You know, I just think, well, yeah, it's, it's a good record. It still works. People love it. Yeah. So I play it, you know, and it was it was a bit of a happy accident, really. It was never, it, that one wasn't really really premeditated. It was just a, a thing that threw together just before Winter Music Conference, the night before, and literally finished it off on the plane on the way there, playing it like, fuck me, this really works. And yeah. then the rest was history. Did it change your career, though? Uh, I think it did in terms of 
it, you know, to get to the the next level, you've got to be talking to the general public. You yeah. know, um, we write a lot of records that talk to an internal community that that, that that garner a lot of respect from our peers and people we're associated with. Yeah. To get to that next level, you've got to have one of those records that really talks to the, the masses, that people that know you, that, that you know, might listen to house music on on the way to the mm. school run and go oh I love that one do you yeah. know what I mean and that's that that's there you, you you know to to get to the next level you need one of those in your career and I think that that was one of those in my career I mean it was a shame it was just at the birth of the kind of digital revolution it, you know if it was um if it was around when Spotify was uh, uh, around it would be a whole different story but um yeah it what well, it did it did inadvertently change my career you know it was a it was a record that that reached far further than mm. just a dj record how was the whole laurent garnier thing really cool man i mean yeah. i just did it and said look i mean we've done this are you cool with this like yeah man do it legend oh, I literally just phoning him was that down to never met him yeah never ever met him ever. what still Still, really, to this, to this day, I kid you not, never cross paths. Um, you should probably get in the studio and do something, in all fairness. Um, that might not be a bad thing to do next year. Let me just write <laughs> quick idea uh, for tour 20. That's actually a really good idea. Heard it first on the Will, Cl- Will Clark podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we'll do that actually. Why not? That's a really good shout. Um, he's he's also like, I've not met him, but I've had, met him, I've had like emails with him and he's legitimately like one of the most down-to-earth people like he responds to everybody yeah and that's what that that was the kind of tonality of it, it was like yeah man do it yeah just, the publishing was like oh of course you, you know you wrote it so it's just our interpretation of it i mean yeah it, it was just it was already it had all the right bits it was just not you know it just didn't have a club sensibility and we just fashioned it into something that made sense really and just kind of took the noodle out of it a little bit and just gave it a bit more bit more welly dance floor friendly and yeah. and yeah the rest was history love it love it man um i'm van helden your most recent yep. record what's that what's that like Armin's obviously a legend but you've known him for years probably and well do you know what no again someone i'd never crossed paths with and i i did a festival and we we were just i said look man we've got to do something we should yeah. do something it, it we're it's in the you know it's in the script surely and um we stayed in contact and uh i was in the states uh doing two weekends normally i would you know if i did two weekends i'd still come home in the week yeah and back out again and i, I said look i'm over for two weeks why don't i nip down to miami let's get in the studio let's do some music and just you know hang out mm-hmm. so i did and um we spent the first night um just just chatting really we went for dinner and we're pretty much the same age and um we come from a pretty much identical musical background in terms of boogie and disco mm. and soul from yeah. the 80s and hip hop you know we grew up do- going through all the same things the same movement uh, uh, you know as kids and we knew all all the reference points musically were, were the same and he's got this incredible collection of videos he does these these vj sets where he'll play like really obscure like 80s boogie records like dutch boogie records and and stuff you know and and i'm all over that and that's where i come from i'm I'm probably still stuck in 1986 in all fairness i've never kind of musically moved on most of the things i listen to outside electronic music is stuff from the 80s Mm. i am literally stuck there um 
you know, I just think I'm, I'm a proper soul boy. Um, and it was just such an incredible time. And there's still so much incredible music I'm still unearthing and discovering. Mm. And that's just still sounds so relevant. And um, we just spent, went, we went for dinner, went back to his and um, he's got this big projector on the wall. And we were almost having like a sound clash. He's like, do you remember this one? I was like, ah. Do you remember this one? <laughs> and then it, this went on and we're having a few beers and we ended up landing on on the TJM thing and we're like, let's do this. Mm. Let's do this. And then it was like, yeah, man, let's do it. So it had a very kind of organic um, inception in, in as far as that we both, you know, we were on the vibe. Before we'd even switch the computer on, it was like, let's get the idea right and warm. You know, when you do a collaboration, it's like sometimes you go in there, it can be a bit, a bit awkward. Awkward, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, how much do I put in? How much do I not put in? Yeah. Where's the line there? Well, we'd spent the whole night not on the computer, just like talking about records, and we we're both mad passionate about this. Uh, right, yeah, man, let's just do this. This would be a no-brainer. And then pff, within four hours, it was done. done. You know, we, we, you know, the idea was we'd already landed on the idea, talked it through in our heads, and just went in the next day. We actually wrote, written four records. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we banged out loads of stuff that week because it was just easy. It just felt very natural. Mm. Again, we it felt like, you know, when I used to work with Martin, we both come from exactly the same place musically. Yeah. So, you know, we were on the same page and um, he's such a nice guy, man. He's mm. so cool. He's so down to earth. He's just so in his own lane. He doesn't give a fuck about what's going on. He's just yeah. like, right, this is what I am. This is what I do like it or lump it and i love that attitude and we we kind of we you know it we we connected on on so many levels and um yeah we've done some great music and that's the first of uh, of four to come out yeah it's um he's he's also at that level where i think it's it must be strange actually because i think now like we know who he is and what he's achieved but i also think there's like a a very interesting younger generation coming through the industry and by saying that makes us sound super old but we're actually not old generally um but that actually don't know the heritage of house music and i think it's making a really interesting time for for records because they're discovering old records again they're discovering old records and yeah. it's really fucking interesting because now there's like an insurgence of like old records coming back and no one's heard of them. Yeah. And well, uh, what's yeah, your, th- really what's your thoughts on that? Cause I, I, there's like mixed, there's mixed emotions where there's like remakes of old records coming out and everyone's like, fucking hell, we've heard this about a million times, but the kids haven't. Well, it, 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 and, it's, and it's so, it, it's so mad you say that. I mean, it, I think the, I'm going to play this video. I'll find it sort of fine on my phone. My, um, my son, one of his friends, he's only, he's 15, Elliot, and he's just started DJing and he did, um, he did his first gig. And let me play this, and play this to you. Hang on. He played a Duck Sauce record, right? Yeah. The, now, right, these kids are 15. Mm. And look, they, where is it? Oh, I've got to find it. It's going to, if it kills me. Um, was it Big Bad Wolf? No, it's um, time after time. Ah, okay, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, where is it? I've got to show it to you. I've got to find it. And the kids go absolutely plays it. And the kids go nuts. I'm like, that's mad. Yeah. You know, you're about 
four when this record yeah. came out. <laughs> how are you? How do you? Oh, I can't find it now. I'll send it to you. I'm sure yeah, it'll be in there. Do. I'll put it in the podcast. We'll, we'll put it in there. The idiot. Um, and it's completely nuts. And it's like, wow, you, you know, great. And that just that's testament to music. Good music stands the test of time, you know. And it's great that there's a whole new generation finding it and having fun with it. Um, so it's it, it's great, and it's good that people are like with the LF system, you know, getting down to real quality music. You yeah. know, that that's that's just music to my ears. The fact that a record like that can have that much success and it isn't crap and it's, yeah. it's brilliant and it's clever and it's, it's well produced. Uh, That's what I love like- about the UK though. I think I, I honestly don't think there's any other country in the world and I could be biased, but I don't think there's any other country in the world that allows quality dance music in their charts. I think, you know, again, without saying bias, the UK is um, the kind of global catalyst for everything in youth culture. Yeah. You know, if it happens, for, it happens first in London or yeah. the UK and then spreads from here. Um, so we're very fortunate to live in a place that's that progressive and forward thinking mm. and, um, you know, has, has, you know, if it wasn't for what happened, we did, you know, did in the late eighties with electronic music, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation yeah. now, you know? So, you know, we, we are very fortunate to live in a, in, in a place where with this much creativity and this much acceptance for that. Yeah. You get that, you know, there, there are places in the world that, that, you know, the things we take for absolute granted, you know, music, yeah. you know, um, let alone the nuances of putting out something so fucking, solve one call that we just accept so we are very very fortunate but it is an incredible place incredible place to 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 live and be inspired by because there's so many people constantly um pushing the boundaries and the envelope of what we're doing and it's you know and that inspires you to 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 dig deep and constantly evolve yourself as an artist so um you know you sometimes take that over granted but yeah i think i think also there's so many avenues to to just be heard in the uk compared to other countries with with the with radio as well I oh think. for sure absolutely yeah well, there really are you know they, it, and people just create their own avenues here you yeah. know people just, and that's what i love about it. it's like right let's just do this and and the next thing it's, it's a thing it's club um, nights as well like the amount of club nights maybe not now after covid but pre-covid i like yes there were so many fucking club nights and it would just be like a bunch of dudes or girls and just like we're like fuck it we just want to throw a party and then and then these parties turn into the biggest parties in the city yeah and it's that works and that that's the great you know that is the the great thing about electronic music still has that very organic um feel to it and 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 long may that continue you know Mm. i think a lot it's the same in any, any industry you know it, it always suffers from its own success when it becomes corporate and sterile but there's still enough cutting edge in especially in the uk yeah where people are prepared to take it in their own hands and just evolve this scene and constantly keep it vibey and fresh so and you forget that because you're just living it all the time you just take it for granted but mm. um yeah it's a very cool place to be i live in, I, I live in london and it's i know I've, there's nowhere else i'd i'd want to live because i'm constantly inspired by my surroundings and yeah. the energy that that he creates yeah we're, we're super lucky in the uk compared to a lot lot of places um 20 years of tour room 
when do you turn around and be like, it's enough? Well, in any great story, there's a start, middle and end. Exactly. Um, you need to script that. Um, obviously, you know, you're abreast and aware of it. And the moment there's, there's no, there's no rationale to suggest finishing it. I enjoy it too much as you can probably hear the passion in, in, in how I speak about it, but in every great story that there needs to be that. And that's, mm. that's smart, you know, and of course there will be an exit strategy and that's, that that's something that, that will be appropriate at the right time. Um, as and when that is, yeah, I probably couldn't divulge it, but you know, I think you need to be smart. You need to think, you know, you have to think that way. We've always, again, we've always planned. We've always had a script. We've always had a, a, a one-year strategy, a five-year strategy. We're always, you know, I, I, I can't operate without having that in place, knowing where I'm going. You know, I can't have, there needs to be a finish line. There needs to be yeah. a measure of success uh, and strategy. And I, I, I feel comfortable when I'm in that. Yeah. So there is there is obviously plans afoot now, but at the moment we're enjoying a really incredible time where we're at. Twenty years, we're going to a lot of celebrating of that in a kind of fresh way. Maybe Tourum Two Point Zero, not Tourum Twenty. You know, mm. and we want to. There's yeah, there's no. It's not mega cool being being old in in, in youth culture, um, but if we can make it feel like it's the start of the next chapter, then that's maybe the way we'll approach it. Um, but um, yeah, no, no immediate plans. But we're having too much fun with it right now. I love that. I love that. Um, we've just done an hour, and I feel like we could keep going on forever. Um, but I kind of want to wrap it up a little bit. I want to talk about what you got coming up on the fu- in the future. Um, you talk about your like f- two year, five year, ten year plan. Where are you at? in life not just tool room but just life in your plans to where you're at in your career well i i guess the next big aspiration for me and then something i like i touched on i am mad keen on football as i'm obsessed with football and my son as well he really not I never wanted to be a professional footballer. I didn't really. I, music was never a career when I was a kid, let alone DJ yeah. wasn't even a thing. It just, you know, when I left school in 1988, it wasn't. It wasn't a thing. What didn't it didn't exist? We we kind of made it up. Yeah. Um, and I was just wanting to be a footballer. That, but maybe wasn't quite good enough to get there. Um, and then electronic music blew up. I'm like, oh, this is quite good. You know, I'm not getting fifty pound a week to play football. I'm getting two hundred pound. For two hours, yeah. Yeah. He's quite good this, and there's loads of women here and loads of drugs, in fact. So I'm gonna stay here. Um so uh I now want to fuse the two passions in my life um and 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 do something in football. Um on on a very small scale, just started a new football club. Oh cool. Academy FC, um just because I didn't have enough things going on, I thought I'd just start a football club. Um and it's my real passion at the moment. And what I want to try and do is is do something very interesting um, and do what we're doing in the academy, but do it in sports. So you have a youth brand that is, you know, really talking to talking to you on, on in in a language that, that, that means something. Where music and sport generally tend to be the, the, the two big things in youth culture. Yeah. So I want to fuse the two things. I have a record label that's got a, 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 a sports academy um, with. But at the same time, doing events in New York on Saturday night and yeah. you know, 
Tokyo and it be okay let me explain like this let's say Nike started a record label who wouldn't want to be signed to Nike exactly yeah so I want to reverse it the other way around I want to start a sports academy but do it in a way that is vibrant and young feeling and that talks to kids in a way that that is is, is cultural uh, as much as it is in sport so that's something I'm, I'm kind of beavering away on in the background that that's 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 I guess the last thing I really want to box off is to do that you know we st- we did a start sport. academy music can we start one in sport you know then mm. i think if i do that i'll die a very happy man now that's dope i think the 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 one brand that kind of came to mind for me when you were talking about that was red bull and how yeah. they've kind of c- created i know red bull music academy doesn't happen anymore um but what they created culturally was really interesting and special for, for the scene Exactly. Yeah, I think they're the only brand that have done that. They've managed to harness all the things that are exciting about youth culture. And, I, you know, I'd like to do the same, you know, mm. to do something that's that's maybe something, you know, if my son doesn't make it as a footballer, something for him to, to continue to with, on. you know, or, and keeping the family. But something I just want to get out of my system, something that, you know, would make me feel complete as as a human being. So I guess, you know, I, I, of course, you've got all, you know, lot I, loads of music coming out that goes without saying you know that's been again that's been the backbone of my success is just making a constant amount of output you know there's yeah. never a dip in that so there's always loads of music that's a given um but in terms of aspirations hey spending the right amount of time with my friends and my family that's sacrosanct you know that um that's at the top of the list doing all the things I want to do in music but that you know this whole kind of sports academy thing is something I really want to get my teeth into and I'm beavering away in the background i'm excited to see what comes of that well you can check us out at a very junior level we've got tour academy fc go on our instagram page and see what the kids are up to so that's it that's dope that's dope man um a question i've been asking at the end of each podcast is not really music related um but it's if you could give somebody a piece of advice right now what would that be um Never give up on, on and I, I don't want to sound cliche, I don't want to say in the least cliche way. I mean, how do I say it, it, it's you can be anything you want to be. You can, you know, that only you will stop you from being whatever you want to achieve in life. You'll set your own parameters, you'll set your own. No one else will, no one will turn and say, Ah, now, Mark, so I know you want to be a, a superstar, GJ, but unfortunately, that's not going to happen. No one is going to say that but yourself. Yeah. Now, if you're prepared to put in the work, and you, uh, then you can go and achieve anything. And that's something I say to my son on, on a daily basis. You know, he's hell-bent on being a footballer. I'm like, well, you'll write your own script. If you want to be a professional footballer, you'll be one. Only you will stop you from being it. If you're prepared to get in the back garden every night and do one more hour than everyone else, yeah. then you win. If you don't, you won't. And it's as simple as that. So you set, you will set your own... Um, parameters uh, and and aspirations in life so go for it you've got one crack at it get out there and be the best that you can be and live you know your wildest dreams why not amazing dude thanks so much for coming on i really appreciate it thanks for having me mate uh, this, really enjoying it. i'm sure i see you on the road at some point somewhere in uh, in the next year. Uh, yeah an airport somewhere across the globe <laughs> Keep safe. Say hi to the rest of the crew. Um, And thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Will. Cheers, dude. Thanks, man. Thank you.
Take care, mate. Cheers, mate. And that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed it. I love that one. Um, please hit subscribe. Please go send it to your friends. Keep safe. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>